I mean, I've broken my neck. Okay. I've been to the hospital more than 10 times through bloody, gory incidents. And I've had brain surgery. You're in the hospital with friends. Dude, I, I literally you love the healthcare. Dude, system. I'm not like, it's, they're like this guy again. <laughs> he got a subscription. He got dude. a membership. And, and these bro. aren't just broken fingers. I mean, you can see the stitch, stitches right here. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, there's a lot of things. And so those are very, th- th- those have been traumatic moments. They aren't, oh, I feel sick. And it's been like this for two days. Let me go see it. It's been, this guy has to go to the hospital right now. <laughs> What is happening? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordie Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mahaley. I am joined today by Logan Sneed. At age 19, he was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. He ended up adopting a strict ketogenic diet along with conventional treatments to fight the disease. And in one in a million odds, Logan became cancer-free within months. He shared his keto cancer fighting journey on social media, has grown a huge follower platform. And now that he's cancer-free, he's stepping back and from keto transitioning his whole platform, focused more on holistic wellness, helping others through their life challenges. Logan is an absolute leader. His courageous cancer triumph and willingness to share his knowledge continues to uplift many facing health struggles. And today you guys get to be inspired by his story. It is freaking intense and there's much more to come from this man. You guys are in for a treat. Gerard I podcast, Logan Sneed. Let's begin. We all know death is guaranteed, yet we deny it. Logan, this is a quote from a YouTube video you posted three years ago. You're 22 years old. My understanding of your story that we're going to tap into is you're just driving to the gym. You have a seizure. You're in the hospital out of nowhere being told that something's in your brain. Yeah. You're, then you go in, you get a scan. Stage four, brain cancer. You're looking at death directly in its eyes. Describe that. Yeah, man. I mean, it was basically, it was one day where I felt like it was a great day. You're in that mood. You're like ready for something amazing. And, uh, you know, I spent all my high school life just gaining size. I got the size. I did everything. And then through college, I was like, all right, let me kind of shred down. And I was like, cool, day one. And I took a photo in the mirror and I was in a really good mood. And I was going to the gym um, and I was like, you know what? Let me just FaceTime my girlfriend. I've never done that. I'll just say, hello, I'm thinking of you. I hope you're having a like great day, whatever. And so I was doing it while I was driving. And uh, as I was doing that, I started slurring my words as if I was like drunk or I was high or like something. And so she was like, what? <laughs> what, what, what exactly do you mean? And uh, as it's happening, dude, I start seizing. I was going 60 miles an hour driving and I was on the phone with her. Nobody was in the car and I started seizing and she's watching the whole seizure happen. I've never had a seizure in my life. Never, ever. And it was like the moment that I was super excited for a new journey. And then boom, this thing just popped up. And so I drove uh, 60 miles an hour unconscious. Um, and I drove probably about a mile or half mile to a mile unconscious. And then I, uh, the car went into a ditch. And so it just went straight into a ditch and it's pretty miraculous. There was no car damage at all. There was not a single dent yeah. in the car, nothing at all. Um, so she knew where I was going. She knew what gym I was going to. So they, she basically called 911 to route and follow the path. Um, 
So they found my car. They had to break into the car because it was locked. I was unconscious. I don't know. Like I was basically knocked out. Um, so they broke in and then they took me out, took me to the hospital, did drug testing, alcohol testing, steroid testing, every test you can do. And they're like, yeah, he's he, none of these things are adding up. He doesn't, he, he's not drunk. He doesn't have any drugs. Like he's never done any of these things. And so they're like, we don't know what to tell you. And uh, they were like, wait, we can get an MRI actually. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's do that. So I go get an MRI. I, are you awake at this point? You're I, so unconscious. I woke up in the hospital. So I just, I was like, what? I was like, what am I doing here? I was super confused. And they kind of like, my parents like, hey, this is what happened, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh God, okay. And uh, what's the mood in the room? Well, funny enough, one of the first persons that showed up was my, was my ex's uh, dad. Yeah. And uh, they were like, and the mood was just confusion of like, what, 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 what's happening? Like, is this, is this just a one-time thing? And like, okay, life goes on or like, is something here that we don't know? Yeah. So <clears throat> go get the MRI and they come back and they didn't tell me, they told my parents like, okay, this is something that's like, you have to go see a, a neurologist. And so we go see a neurologist and this is like the next day. Yeah. Neurologist is like, you have to go see a neurosurgeon. So go see a neurosurgeon the next day. The neurosurgeon, he's literally actually passed his office on the way here. No way. And he said, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. But he was like, hey, look, yeah, this is serious. Um, but you can either get a surgery, but you won't speak or hear again. Or you don't get the surgery and you'll have a very short lifespan. And so I was like, okay. And he said, it's very important, but I'll, I have a vacation I'm going to be going on for two weeks. Um, and I'll let you know whenever I get back. I was like, what? I was it's like, very important, but. Dude, it's just, he didn't like, he almost didn't even care. And he has the toughest job in the world. You know, he was just like, yeah, like it's super serious, but I, I'll be out vacation with my fam and then I'll be back in two weeks. And I'm like, bro. I wonder, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around what my thoughts are on that as, <clears throat> yes, this is very serious. Clearly it ended up being very serious. These people also like do deserve to take their vacation. <laughs> so it's like, did he hand you off to someone else or did you just wait? Well, so, so we left there, we're walking out and my mom was like, we're walking to the car and she said, okay, stop, stop. Mm -hmm. that, I, I, I do not want to work with that guy. Okay. She's like, this guy has just no confidence in cutting into a head at all. So why, like, why would we work with him? It makes no sense. So thankfully we, we didn't. And, um, it's kind of a, so it's to, to understand the context. My uncle is one of the head leaders at Ross Pro's company in Dallas and Ross Pro ran for president and he's donated millions of dollars to MD Anderson Cancer Center. It's the top cancer center in the world. And he, my uncle's like, Hey, look, this is what's going on. We don't know what to do. We need somebody better mm -hmm. if you know anybody better. And so Ross Pro called in and said, Hey, I need the best brain surgeon in the world that you guys can find. Get us connected right now. So they called back and said, Hey, Ross, like we've got the best surgeon in the world. If you could be, if you could tell your, your family, family to be here in 24 hours. And so we just suddenly got that call and we got, we booked it to MD Anderson. And so and this is in Dallas. This is in Houston. In Houston. Got yeah. It. Okay. Okay. 
So I go in there and I said, look, look, it's great to meet you. All I want to know is if I'm going to speak or hear after this surgery. Okay. I want to, I want to hear what you think about this. Cause this is what this other surgeon told me. You guys have the same job, but what do you think? And he's like, oh, dude, this would be so easy. He's like, don't, don't even like, don't even worry about that. I was like, I was like, okay, hold on, hold on. These are brain surgeons. Okay. These are elite of the elite of the elite. And you guys have complete opposite answers. He didn't say like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Right. He said, no, no, no. Do not worry about it. I've got it. The difference between an A plus brain surgeon and a guy that got it with a C minus. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I, it's crazy because a life is on the line. Yeah. And one guy said, nope, like I definitively know this is what's going to happen. And this guy said, I definitively know what this is, this is going to happen. And <laughs> at, at this point, all you know, there's a tumor in there. Do you know how serious it is yet? I have no idea. I have okay. absolutely no idea. And And from the start, um, when the first seizure happened, you got in a car accident to now there was no more issues that had persisted. I mean, part of the thing, and I can explain this later, but I, you know, headaches, that was a very common thing that I had. Um, but no, I mean, you know, if, if, taking, driving me to MD Anderson cancer center, uh, cancer is not, it's not, in, it's not in my, like, it's not, it's just not, I don't get it. Like, yeah. it's not me. I'm not like, I don't have cancer. Right. I look at like, Oh, unhealthy people. Like yeah. those are the only ones who have cancer. Not like, that's not me. And so, you know, even when I think of that, I'm like, oh, those are like 80 and 90 year olds. That's just not me. But hey, I'm I'm here at this place, but I, I'm not cancer. Like I don't have that. So this is March 2016. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this guy's like, no, nah, we can do this. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. When's the surgery happen? So as soon as I, as soon as he said it's going to be fine, don't even worry about it. He said. But we were going to be doing, we're, we have about 12 hours and we're going to get this done right away. And he was like, I'm going to need you to stay here and we're going to spend 12 hours of training. I'm going to have you go from room one to five to 20, another building, all these different, you know, neurological trainings to see how you're operating. So I said, okay, that's fine. And the day was so overwhelming with how fast things were changing and fast things were happening. I, cu- I couldn't register why they were telling me, okay, can you touch your nose? Okay. And can you, can you write out like, and I'm like, I work out every day. I, I play basketball. Why are like, who do they think I am? And so I fainted. I just fainted. You were overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed. So stressed. Were they taking data now to have to compare to like after the surgery? Is that what they were doing? I believe so. Mm -hmm. That and or certain studies. Um, And one little thing I'll never forget is when I fainted and I woke up and I was like, dude, they brought in like probably five doctors to analyze what's going on. And I will never forget when they said, guys, we, we, we have to get him food, get him food, get him food. They gave me the most trash food I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm not I could have gone to, dude, I could have gone to McDonald's and it would have been better. They said, you need this. You need this. Your, your blood's not flowing. I was like, no, my blood's flowing. <laughs> okay. My blood's flowing. It's just like, it's too much flowing because yeah, of what yeah. you guys are having me do. Like, yeah. so anyways, that day went by, I was done. And I had to get prepared for the surgery. So they put these like patches on my face and they did all these things. And so the night before my, 
my girlfriend and her family came, my family came, and we all went out to eat the night before okay. the brain surgery. And so woke up the next morning at like 5 or 6 a.m. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you're 22 years old. You're at, <clears throat> you're at dinner with your family. I was 19. With, with your girlfriend. Oh, this time you're 19. I was 19, yeah. Oh, so you're, you're at dinner with- Yeah. Like, I'm going to have brain surgery tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no way that the morale is like excellent. It actually, it actually was. There was a lot of positive energy. And to be frank with you, it's because of what the surgeon said. Yeah. Let's just say it didn't go as planned. That would have been a $5 million lawsuit, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. I guess that's true. You know, I, I mean, there, there was no, there was no like, hey, I, here's what I'm going to tell you, but I believe this, like, no, no, no. He said, this is, this is what's going to happen. So when he like, said like that. He was so confident. And he was, he was discerning in his tone. Like you knew that. Easy. You, you, so you were at ease. I mean, when he said that, I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if he has that mindset, I believe I have to have that mindset as well. So you wake up, you go into the surgeon center <laughs> for surgery that day. Uh, now what happens? Yeah. So they, I go in and get strapped up and they start bringing in pastors of all kinds to pray and sign waivers okay. and like all this stuff. And so they said, Hey, look, we're about to drag you in here. Okay. You will be awake in the surgery. We are going to ask you questions. So that way we can see if you're still able to speak in here. And if you're not able to speak in here, then we're going to cut the surgery short and whatever's left in your brain, in your head, we will have to leave in there. And so this is why like with glioblastomas or any sort of tumors, the objective is to remove as much as you possibly can, because if you can't, that's where tumors could reoccur, or you could still have certain neurological problems in the brain, or it can come back. Um, For reference, do you know how big it was at this time? It was a perfect egg in my head. Okay, so my I'm assuming they're just going to get to where this egg is at, and they're just going to shave some off little by little? I think that's how you can say it. Yeah. I, I know the goal because of the way it's it was shaped. Mm -hmm. Literally, and I, like pull an egg out of a thing, like thing, like, cook it, like that's what it is. Yeah. So I think their objective was we're going to go down and kind of scrape it out. It's like you're trying to get some, the remains, you know, of ice cream or something, yeah, yeah. right? It's That's how I think they were doing it, to pull as much out as they could. All they need was a spoon. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I hope it was that easy. I think yeah. it was. <laughs> okay. So it's fascinating to me that like during brain surgery, you're awake and I know that you got to spend a day with a brain surgeon. You got to spend a day with a brain surgeon like recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I find that absolutely fascinating uh, because like anytime I've seen it on YouTube, it's like, they're just inside of this person's head. It looks like, um, like it looks like someone's controlling them like from up top. Right. And the surgeon's yeah. just doing their thing. Um, and like the person's just talking and like looking around and I'm like, this is absolutely <laughs> insane. So what, as they're operating in your head, what kind of like pressure, what kind of sensation or feeling are, are you feeling going on in your brain at this time? Because we don't really have pain. We don't have any pain receptors in our brain. Yeah. So like, what's it feel? Do, do you feel pressure? I felt nothing. That's insane. They were like, <laughs> that's insane. They, they said, who's the president? I said, Donald Trump or no, it was Obama or yeah. something. And they were like, what school did you go to? Who, what are your brother's names? 
And I was answering it so firm and direct. So that way they kept doing the surgery yeah. and kept removing whatever is in there. And so the first two hours was knocked out. The next, I think one or one hour was awake and the rest was knocked out. And so the surgery was done and they put me into this other sub recovery room. And then after that, I was in the, the main recovery room and the surgeon came back and he said, hey, all gone, all done, go home, all is good. And I was just sitting there, I was like, man, this is a sick story to tell. I mean, <laughs> life goes on, there's yeah. no really problems anymore. Uh, cool. And so I just let it go. Yeah. I thought it was a sick story. I thought I felt like a badass and I was yeah. just thinking how great it was. Um, so 19 at the time. 19. <clears throat> But then 22 things derailed a bit again. No, no, no. That was, that was 20. So I'm 27 now. Yeah. But the, the video that I posted, that was, that was like five or so maybe. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But so at 19, the whole thing was done. Yeah. I left the hospital within probably, I think it was 36 to 48 hours. I was walking fine, feeling fine, ready to go conquer the world. That's insane. And then a week goes by and- I didn't understand. Like I thought it was all, I thought it was done. I thought the story was over. And I was sitting in my family's family room. My mom gets a call and it's probably at 9 PM at night. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said, Oh my God, we cannot believe that we just did this. We are so sorry on what's happening. Could you please bring your son on the call? And she said, well, what are you talking about? She said, we just actually sent you an email about the diagnosis. This is, we are legally not allowed to be doing that before we see you guys. And this is what we've actually accidentally done. So my mom was like freaking out and I'm just watching a basketball game. just chilling. She calls my dad in and then calls me in and they start kind of explaining what's going on. Still couldn't register, still couldn't get it. And she basically just said like, yeah, this is a stage four tumor and basically these are the worst things that could possibly happen but look we're gonna go all in and do the best we can and so I was kind of just sitting there with my dad on the couch in the office I started slouching like this I was like I was like what, what do I do I was like what, what's the point of me living and he said no 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 like we're gonna figure something out and so honestly it still didn't register to me of what she was actually meaning and so they immediately said, if you could be back here in Houston in the next 48 hours, we need to talk to you guys. So we go in. Again, I still didn't get it. It still didn't register of what is happening. Is this okay? Is this bad? Like, I didn't get it. And so this, other doc this neuro-oncologist is who they are. This is apparently a more difficult job to get okay. than a brain surgeon. Okay. So there is only, I think a couple hundred in the world because they're working specifically with brain cancer solely with brain cancer or just the brain and they know everything in the brain but yes solely with like tumors and things like that yeah and um she comes in she said hey this is a stage four glioblastoma brain tumor your life expectancy is a one to ten year window we can't really we can't help we're going to give you chemotherapy pills and we'll have you go through radiation but that's it and I was like, I'm sorry, do you, I mean, I already knew what those, I was like, oh yeah, chemo and radiation, I, I've heard of that, but do you guys have anything else maybe? I'm sorry, that's it. And so I was like, 
you, I'm sorry, you have the most difficult job in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me an answer I already knew when I was 10 years old. Why do you do what you do? And my dad said, okay, look, look, look. Is there maybe some things that he should eat or not eat or do some things he should or should not do? Can you just give us some little tips? She said, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. And he said, hold on, hold on. He can go drink alcohol and go have McDonald burgers and that's okay. Like that has no positive or negative effect. She said, that's, that's what I'm telling you. He can go do all those things you just mentioned. And I was, I, I it was so, I mean, I was, I was sad. I was angry. I was confused. I was worried. Every feeling you could think of was in that moment. And so I walk out and I had like text after text after text of what's going on, what's the answer, what's the diagnosis. And it was so overwhelming. I I could not register what was actually happening. And when she said, you have a one to 10 year life expectancy, I was so, I was just so, I'm like, one is completely different than 10, let alone you gave no, nothing to do. Nothing. I mean, a fourth grader could know this. When she said one year, um, what did you think in that time? Did you think, okay, if I have 12 months to live, then this is how I'm going to do it. Or did your brain just immediately go to, no, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out how to beat this one to 10 year window. And I'm going to live a full, healthy life. Yeah. I mean, funny you say that. I literally had the, I had grow in my mind. Yeah. Grow or literally die. (laughs) I had those two exact thoughts in my mind. It was, it was literally a devil and an angel. It was one of the two. Mm -hmm. And I was hearing from this one. I was hearing from this one. And it was just back and forth, right? One was like, no, no, work hard. Like believe in yourself. I'm thinking, uh, do and do what? And do what? I would imagine it would be a much easier decision to just lie down and like allow it to happen and pick the die side rather than the grow side because yeah. this is the one, this is uh, far less resistance. Totally. That had to just destroy you mentally. I mean, there was so yeah. much going on. You just had all of this hope. You had all this hope that it was gone. And now a week and a half, two weeks later, it's like, oh, we've just gotten started. Yeah, it was, and again, that that's where I think the one, so basically as as a week or two goes by, I was in a very just take my life type state, of course. but there was always something deep down that was telling me to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I really think it was the anger that I had, maybe not towards the the doctor themselves. It was just more of like somebody telling me this is how my life is going to go. That's what really pissed me off. But I couldn't figure out what to do. I couldn't, there, there was nothing that suddenly was this new discovery that could beat this thing. Yeah. And so I had a mentor of mine all the way through high school who said, he called me and said, hey, let's go paddleboarding. I know you got a lot on your, uh, you know, I know you're super emotional. I know things are going on. Let's go paddleboarding and just talk. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, let's go talk. He said, have you heard of this ketogenic diet? I said, like, never heard of that. He said, if you look at the research, it shows how it can shrink tumors, prevent tumor regrowth. It's the one cure to seizures. People can lose weight. Neurologically, it can boost your overall focus levels. They treat people with depression. Mm -hmm. Um, I think type 2 diabetes. And the list goes on and on. And I said, 
okay, where did you find out about this? He said, I was in Hawaii. There's a whole culture of people that live on this mini island that have been doing the ketogenic diet after generation, 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 generation. And these people are living amazingly healthy, happy, amazing lives. And this is how I discovered it. And he said, Duke University just did a study almost showing a extremely high success rate. There's not enough studies to say, hey, this is the cure, but it's very successful. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to just going to go all in. So I stayed up till probably 3 a.m. that night just researching what the ketogenic diet was. And this is eight years ago. Not a soul on the internet that I saw was talking about this. Not a single- No, one. it really took off. I would say like, I would say when I moved to Austin about five <laughs> years ago was like a height of- Definitely. I feel like there was a height of keto and also kind of a height of veganism at the same time. Sure. Uh, it's like when anything picks up a lot of steam, this, our tribalistic nature is like everyone's going to jump in so that they have totally. a label on it. Yet, uh, contrary to the, the vegan diet, the keto diet, like you said, there's a lot of application for a lot of people to truly live a healthier lifestyle. Of course, we can talk a little bit about that later on, maybe if the podcast ventures that way. But you stayed up, you became an expert on the keto diet that mm-hmm. night. Briefly lay out for us like the next day, what's your diet start looking like? <laughs> so I'm not kidding you. The next day, I I, I found this one. Was it, oh, it was, uh, I'll never forget, it was an egg bacon muffin. I was like, okay, this is cool. I mean, I'll try it. Shoot, <laughs> diet? Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> so I made this egg bacon muffin and I was thinking, man, this is, this is nice. So I started making that over and over again. Yeah. And I started getting super fascinated. Yeah. And the doctor said, you know, you have to take seizure medication. I said, no, doc, got this keto. Yeah. You guys heard about this? They said- I'm sorry, what? It's called a ketogenic diet. You, you heard about this? No, we've, we've never heard about this. What is this? I'm like, no way. do you not know that Duke University is doing a study for glioblastoma tumors, the worst tumors that you can get, yeah. and you guys are the number one cancer center in the world, and you don't even know what this is? Yeah. I'm so confused. And she said, maybe, no, I don't think so. You can, I can connect you with a, a, a nutritionist here. And I said, oh, that's fine too. Yeah. I said, do you, do you know about this keto diet? What, what is it called? I'm thinking, yeah. this is such a joke. This yeah. is insane. So I, I start going all in and I start, you know, YouTubing, Googling all keto, keto, keto. And I started becoming so fascinated and I just took another photo yeah. of, okay, I'm going to start seeing results. Yeah. And I started showing, you know, before and after photos on Instagram and dude, it took off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just went so, because the before and afters were, I mean, look at it now. People thought this guy's on steroids. This guy's doing something illegal. I'm not kidding. It was insane results. And as I'm showing these these photos, I'm showing my chemo pills. I'm showing my radiation stuff. I'm talking about what happened, all these things. And there was such a massive growth of the page because there's a massive audience who didn't believe anything that I was saying and showing. Yeah. And there's a big audience who said, this is insane. What is this keto thing? How are you doing this? And they wanted help. And so I started studying other, I saw there was one other Dr. Berg that I studied um, and became really good friends with him. And so I uh, started thinking, I want to start a business in this. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to become this nutritionist health coach, Yeah. but people are asking me, what am I doing? And so let me just lay out what I'm doing. 
and I'll sell it to him. I'll just say, Hey, it's a hundred bucks. If you want to know what I'm doing, this is what it is. And so I went on and I started selling them and on my Instagram and I would look at my numbers and I was like, I was kidding college. And I said, $150. This is, a, this is insane. Nuts, yeah. I, this, this could have been a whole day at, at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next day I said, $300. Yeah. And then I was talking to my girlfriend. I said, look, this is $400. That's do, do you see this? And she couldn't believe it. Yeah. And the next day I said, this is $650 I just made today. If I do this every single day, we could, life goes on. I drop out of college. You stay in college. Yeah. We get done. We travel the world. Yeah. Like that's Whole it. Life plan. No, no, no problem. And you're just helping people simply have awareness about the keto, the yeah. ketogenic diet. That was it. Just like, Hey, here's a bunch of recipes. This is what I'm eating. This is what I'm working out on. This is what I'm doing. This is it. So with your position, you have brain cancer. You had this intense surgery done. You're sharing openly about this ketogenic diet that's kind of revolutionary at the time. People always resist innovation. So you can tell when you're bringing in a new idea and it's being heavily resisted. Like if you persist with this and on yeah. the other side, there's going to be a lot of reward. So where you were at was in a position where everyone had to either choose they were with you or they were against you. But Logan, what's so weird to me like homie had brain cancer <laughs> and people were saying mean shit on the internet. Oh dude, it got it got bad. <laughs> homie has brain cancer. It got so bad. People can't even be nice. Dude, I, I when had, you have brain cancer. I, I had comments yeah. that said, I hope brain cancer kills you. Oh my god. I'm not kidding. What? You. There was a group of men. They started seeing my story. And every post I made, they said this guy's lying. This guy needs to die. We should find this guy. Let's kill this guy. Dude, it got so bad. And they started coming on my YouTube. And then this whole audience started growing. And I was, I was, I was the only person on Instagram. I'm not, that's not a joke. I was the only person on Instagram talking about this. So, okay. Yeah. I somewhat get it that people think I'm a little crazy because if it was just some random dude who didn't know a thing and just made this thing up, yeah, I'd be skeptical. But they, I mean, I'm not kidding. It got so bad that I started questioning literally my entire life. I started questioning what I was selling, what I was doing, my whole story. I, I questioned it all. And I had no friends. I was just like doing my thing besides, you know, my girlfriend at the time, but she, she just didn't get it. You know, she just under, didn't understand what was happening. And when things were going and I was like, I made 600 bucks today, I have to keep doing this. And I just set a goal. I said, I'm going to make at least $10,000 this month. If I do, I'm going to drop out. Yeah. And so we dated all the way through high school, all the way through college. Yeah. So it was like a four year window. And, uh, randomly a night I was with her great amazing fun date night awesome stuff all lovey-dovey next morning I woke up to this longest text message I've ever seen in my life and it was a breakup text and I never saw her again so you have this village of idiots that hate you and are pitchforking to find you girlfriend at the time decides that it's just like too much you know, along with everything else, which, you know, she's a human. She has the right to do. She, and she didn't even know about the comments. It, it was just because of my own journey. And I, I said, this is what I want to do. This is what we can do. This is the next step. But yeah, she knew nothing really about the comments and stuff. There's something that doesn't quite feel right about breaking up with someone that you've been through that much with via a text message. That being said, to, to each their own. 
I, I, I have a question I don't want to miss before we continue. You get pills, so you have the radiation, and then you also have the, the pills for chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. The first time you took a pill, mm-hmm. what did the ensuing minutes, hours feel like? What was the experience on those chemotherapy pills? So, crazy enough, I actually did not have a single side effect. Okay. Now, I don't know if that was because I was young and fit. Okay. Or if a gene thing, I have no idea, but I actually had no side effects. And they gave me this whole list of what was going to happen. And I actually was, I was staying in the woodlands and I went to Sam Houston State, which is in Huntsville, Texas. So it's probably 30 minute drive because I was going to school and I was in the woodlands and I'll never forget, I was staying in this apartment with my mom and there was a gym. It was probably about a bike ride away. And I was biking to the gym, working out, biking back, going on walks and runs every day. There's no way that didn't help you. Like that absolutely helped you. Yeah. If not physically, it helped you maintain purpose. It helped you totally give you something to look forward to tomorrow. We hear it often about people get old once they stop moving. I mean, typically when people get a diagnosis as severe as yours was, they're going to stop moving as well. And it, it would be difficult to move me off of the hill that I'm on. That That's why there's such a high death rate. Yeah. So girlfriend breaks up with you. 50% of social media absolutely hates you. 50% is parading you. Yeah. <laughs> you're making, you're able to help people with a keto diet. You're researching, you're making connects with Dr. Berg. I think you said mm-hmm. his name was. So then what happens after that? So... I was I was freaking out. I started losing everything. It was almost worse to have a breakup, not because of losing that woman, but it was just more because of the. It was almost one of the only persons I had left besides my family. And, and cancer pulled you away from your friends. Well, yes, but you know, I had this big venture of building a business. You know, and in college, I had I had a friend or two or three. You know, but I said I really want to build this business because my my goal on day one of college before all this stuff happened was to actually figure out how I could drop out of college. And I didn't know what or how I was going to do that. And my mom said, look, if you can make enough money building something that allows you to live on your own while you're in college, then yes, you can validly drop out and do your own thing. But until then you're going to go to college. I said, okay. And then all this crazy things happened. And then this was my one, Hey mom, his brain cancer, yeah. <laughs> but enough for me to drop out of college, just checking in. Well, I was still going to school. And so I, at that point, whenever I experienced this breakup, I went to bed, I slept maybe like two hours. I woke up and I, I called my mom and I was bawling my eyes out. I said, this is, I, I don't know what to do. I'm making enough money to live my own. If you want me to come you know, go live with you guys. Or if you want me to go live on my own, I can gladly go do that. I have enough money to do so, but I, I, I want to get out of here. She just Why broke you know college. Wasn't for you, Logan. A great example is of a doctor saying, this is how your life is going to go. Mm-hmm. This is not the only time that's happened mm-hmm. there. I mean, there's just been a lot of, I guess you can call it trauma in my life of saying like, you are not good enough. This is how your life is going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be determining that, right? That has just always been in my mind since a young child. And as years went by, it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. Why do you think that was? Why do you think you attracted that? Was it because you were a bigger dreamer than other people and you just had a different vision and they weren't able to see it and they tried to demean it? 
Do you think that was? I I I believe so. Um, but I think it also could have been like how much I've always cared about people. Yeah. And I've always wanted everybody to succeed. I've always wanted everybody to have a great life. Yeah. And it, and I think when they, when they hear somebody like that of saying, you know, Justin, I want you to succeed. I want you to have a great life. And let's just say that it hasn't been going that way. You're probably thinking in your mind, you know what? What the hell does this guy know? Mm. Forget this guy. No, he doesn't know a thing. He doesn't know what I've been through. They can almost take it in a belittlement <clears throat> manner, even exactly. though it's meant positivity, positively, yet their mind, due to their current circumstances that they've put themselves in due to exactly. life choices and the effort that they've put into their success, just isn't open to be able to hear that. I've run into that often. Yeah. I've run into that often to where I know my message was well-intended, yeah. yet it was taken the opposite manner as the person wasn't able to receive that. Yeah. That's tough. As as I was actually building this business before the breakup happened, yeah. I was in a class and apparently I had to take this class because of my high school grades weren't whoa, a, you know, all A's, right? So I had to go to this class and the the uh, assignment at the end of the semester was write about what you want to do for a living and what that looks like said, cool, this would be pretty easy. My degree was in entrepreneurship. Okay. So remember that it was in entrepreneurship. And I said, you know what? I'm going to write about a business that I want to build. Whether I know the business or not, I'm going to write about how I'm going to build a business, how I'm going to be successful in this. So I did that. Come back and I said, confidently, I confidently turned that paper in. I said, here it is. Thank you again. This is the best work I've ever done. Best ever. (laughs) Come back for the grade. You got shit on. Dude, it was, it was, I think it was a 17 out of a hundred. <laughs> and I go storming to that, to that professor. I said, can you please explain to me what's going on here? And writing was my, one of my really good school skills. Okay. That was it. Nothing else. Could you explain to me what's going on? She said, honey, you wrote about a business that you were going to build. You didn't write about a job that you were going to get. <laughs> Sounds like my high school. <laughs> I said, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. My degree is in entrepreneurship. Yeah. So can you explain how that lines up? Can I ask, had she ever built a business? No, she never has. Isn't that fascinating to me? <laughs> I uh, I took some business courses in college that none of them ever ran a business. <laughs> I digress, as I know there's some people that might get triggered by that path, but I think it's absolutely fascinating. Like, who are we really learning from? Yeah. Like, you know, Matthew McConaughey was teaching acting classes at University of Texas. That's beautiful. Urban Meyer was teaching leadership courses at Ohio State. There you go. That's lovely. Exactly. How are you teaching business when you've never run a business? Well, it wasn't, she wasn't like teaching business. She was basically, it was, again, it was a class for students who aren't that smart. Yeah. So you go to this and I have to help you. Right. And so then that's when I said, Hey, it's my business I'm going to build. And dude, it was so bad that I walked out and I went to my dorm and I took everything out of my backpack. I ripped everything up and threw everything all over my room, just unleashing as much anger as I could. So that, that's an example of my motivation of making it happen. Right. Um, so essentially what happened on the breakup is my mom said, Hey, I'm going to pick you up right away tomorrow morning, pack up. So she gets there with throw everything in there, gone. Yep. I go straight back to my parents' place, start living there. And um, about six months goes by. And I was thinking, 
I'm actually making really good money. I, I mean, I, I'm 19. I just turned. I just turned 20 at the time. I just turned 20. Like I can go live on my own. So, What's going on with the the, the the cancer at this time? Like you're making good money. Like things are moving. You're out of college. Yes, out of the relationship. Yeah. What's going on with the cancer at this? Time? I mean, I'm done with chemo. I'm done with radiation. So nothing's there. I mean, there's no. All, all, like when the whole tumor was removed, that's when they had said, "Hey, you could have a lot of cancer in here, or you could have no cancer in here." Yeah. yeah. It's just unknown. So that's why there's there's never with the brain cancer world. There's never this day where they're thinking. You became cancer free, you know, celebrate, right? They, they just don't do that because it's, it's a brain. It's so different. Uh. But because mine was fully removed, right? I believe it's 100% cancer free, yeah. right? And so the odds of getting a glioblastoma tumor fully removed is very, very one in a million. It is a one in a million. Okay. And the reason that is, is because they usually look like an octopus, right? Yeah. Where it's like, this is the body oh, of really? it, but these are the tentacles. Right. And so what happens is when they go into these surgeries, they remove this piece here. Yeah. But this is too small, too, yeah. you know, it's just, it's too risky for the brain. So they have to leave this here. And then these things start regrowing and they build bigger and badder tumors. Right. But because mine was a perfect egg, they fully removed it. Now, legally, they're not going to say, hey, congrats. Like, yeah. <laughs> Forget the whole thing that even happened, right? They're not going to say that, mm -hmm. but just deep down, I I, I 100 believe that that's what happened. Um, you feel like your mindset that you were able to keep after that initial two week period, where you were like just kind of feeling down down in the dumps, you found positivity, you found enlightenment, you found, hey, I'm going to be able to impact other people. Could you say that the impact you were gaining on social media? really helped your overall recovery because you saw other people being positively benefited by exactly what you were doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, another thing was, is that, um, one of the first persons who followed my keto thing, mm -hmm. his before and after went so viral. Mm -hmm. It went so viral that these other massive Instagrams that you've seen that are, you know, people pay for shout outs on yeah. these accounts were stealing wow. this before and after. And it went so stupidly viral and these other accounts started stealing other before and afters from my page because of how insane this was. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was weird, but at the time I'm feeling fantastic. I felt such a drive. I felt something I could go after, right? I wanted to drive. What could I go after? And that's where keto was just keep, it kept growing. And I actually, I actually was on a live stream with Dr. Berg. I just called in and I said, hey, this is my situation. I need help, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? What do you recommend? He gave me all the tips and tricks in the world and I ended up becoming good friends with him. And um, I went to go live on my own. I went to go live at the domain. And I was 20 years old. I had no friends. I had, it was a clean slate of everything. I, I wasn't, I never really had societal experience besides college, you know, and plus going up to people and saying, oh yeah, what do you do for a living? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just had brain cancer, so like it's just weird. Now I'm teaching people about this ketogenic diet that you've never heard of, yeah. and you're not interested <laughs> in, and now you think I'm a lunatic. Yeah, and I know you want to hang out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's kick it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really, really weird. Um, but that that's so living on my own. Uh, again, I took off even more. I was blowing up on YouTube. Yeah, things were booming, and um. The guy who told me about the ketogenic diet was a mentor of mine. And he called in and said, hey, 
let's chat business. And I said, of course. Yeah, you're the man, dude. Let's chat business. So we go to Whole Foods downtown, start chatting business. Again, look, I'm making amazing money, okay? But I don't know jack squat about business, okay? He said, I would love to join you. I'd love to be part of this keto business. I said, okay. You didn't even realize it was a business yet. I mean, no, I didn't. Like, I understood the term of business, but yeah. I just saw cash coming in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just all I'm like dialed into. That, that was my people. first six years of entrepreneurship. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Cash is coming in. That, that's it. <laughs> and so um, I said, how does it work? He said, okay, so what it is, is you get 60% ownership and I get 40 and we work together. Okay. So what do we do? Let's go talk to my lawyer and we'll get this all done. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And I felt so motivated and excited and a month goes by and two months go by and it was, I wasn't hearing from him and I was making, I was making at that point, probably almost 30 K a month. I wasn't hearing from him. He goes to South Africa. He goes and travels the world. And I'm like, Hey, uh, you, you still working together? He said, Hey, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there in the next couple of weeks. I said, okay. So he comes and co-works for 60 minutes talking about how to save money. Okay. Not how to make money, save money. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, forget the saving money mindset. I'm trying to make money. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm at. Absolutely. He didn't know Jack squat about online coaching. He didn't know Jack squat about Instagram. Yeah. Not a thing. And so this kept getting worse and worse. And as the year goes by, dude, I'm putting in my blood, sweat and tears into this thing. I still don't have friends. I'm still just trying to make money to live my life. Yeah. And a year goes by and I thought in my mind, I, I said, I have to end this. Yeah. I don't know how to do this. This is the guy I looked up to that basically saved my life. Yeah. He was my mentor all the way through high school. Now I'm saying leave. Mm-hmm. And so I called him over and said, hey, look, I, I got to chat. And so I sat down with him. I said, this is how I'm feeling. I'm working 50 to 70 hours a week. You are traveling the world. So all the money I'm making, almost all of it, is going to you. And you've invested zero dollars into this business. I think we should end this. Now, if you want to still be brothers and like, honestly, no hard feelings and just part ways, we can do that. Or if you think that I should buy you out as you had planned, yeah. I guess we can go about that. How, how do you want to go about this? And it got, it was such an emotional conversation. And uh, he said, yeah, buy me out. I was like, uh, I, I, I see, anything. See, you want all my money. He's like, yes, yeah, so you buy me out. Uh, Gave him all my money. Started back over. Oh. Uh, and as years went by, I mean, you talk to this guy anymore? I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I've, I've, I've made it all back in in tenfold. So it it's doesn't matter as much anymore. Money comes back, time doesn't. Yeah, you're still a, you're so, still a young man at that time. That's overcome a lot of stuff. I just feel like it <clears> takes a certain type of person to. You, know, you, you never know what other people are experiencing and going through. It just that's a difficult situation. Yeah, and in in the middle of all this, I got this other dude on Instagram saying, "Yo, I want to be part of your business." And I said, "Bro, I don't know you." I said, "You're you're in a whole different country. I, why would I bring you on?" And this guy kept he kept coming back and he kept coming back and he kept coming back, putting his blood, sweat, and tears into this thing. And when I let go of that other one, I said, 
okay, I've told you no a hundred times. You've kept coming back. You've made zero dollars. I'm going to give you a shot. Yes, yeah, sweat equity. That's how I work, bro. You say you want to work for me? Show me you want to work exactly. for me. Exactly. Show Do something. Yeah. How are you going to get on the payroll when I don't yeah. know what you can do? Like, people I know. Get a, I know you get it too. People hit me up on Instagram. Yeah. I want to, I want to do this, this, this. <laughs> Do it then. Like, yeah. show me something. Exactly. And we can get you on the pay. I, I, I'm sweat equity, dog. Yeah. Because that's what I did. 100%. I did sweat equity to yeah. get started. Yeah, totally. I got zero bucks. Um, now, obviously, <clears throat> you 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 have a book. And I'm very, very grateful for those watching on YouTube. Uh, Logan brought me in a, a copy of the book. And... I'm very excited to dig into this, so I greatly appreciate you. I got a signed copy of it. (laughs) Let's say the world was different. Let's say you never have a seizure. Let's say the tumor's never there. Let's say brain cancer never happened. You had an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. You were heavily involved in fitness. You're obviously a very driven dude. What do you think you would be doing right now? I, again, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, yeah. but there's a million different definitions of that. Yeah. Um, what I say is I, I don't look at what life could have been like. Yeah. I look at li- how life is. Yeah. And what I would say is we wouldn't be chatting right now. We, oh, we wouldn't. These people wouldn't be watching this. So we met at a coffee shop, what, a week? That was a week ago. Oh, yeah, literally. Because <laughs> uh, I was with Enrico. Yeah. Who he and I have been friends for about five five years, six years, uh, before the Enrico podcast, which um, when this podcast drops, that'll have come out about two weeks prior to this one. Um, and we're just sitting there, we're chatting. He's helped me with some strategy and whatnot. <laughs> and in comes Logan. <laughs> I didn't know. I I, I didn't know you. I, I Yeah. <laughs> we had no idea who each other was. Um, you and Enrico are in conversation. I get pulled into conversation and then we all just like chatted and kicked it for like a <laughs> half hour. Then I saw you again. We chatted for another like half hour and then we grabbed coffee. Yeah. Uh, we chatted for about, about an hour. Cause I, I reset my timer two times. I, I had to go. <laughs> I was late to the gym that day. I was late for life that day, which is great. Um, and then, so now we're, it's funny. We're here on the I podcast. Know, so, I know. Yeah. We wouldn't even be here if you would have walked into Merritt last week. And it's funny because I go there all the time and I wonder if we've ever seen each other there before. I think I've seen you. But definitely. I, we just, we never would have spoke if Enrico yeah, yeah. wasn't there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's fascinating. And and maybe I, maybe I would have tried a business and completely failed, yeah. went bankrupt and got a job I hated. I don't yeah. know. So yeah. you don't strike me as someone who would have just simply given up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really don't. Yeah. Um, so you have all of this knowledge about keto diet. You've obviously kind of transitioned back to a more holistic way of living, mm-hmm. if you will. Do you feel like a lot of your clientele now is like people trying to do that? Are they still people trying to do the keto diet? Are they people trying to transition to the keto diet? Are they more so holistic focus? Who are you mostly targeting right now? Yeah. So, so, I- so as the year, so in the keto business, as years went by, it became massively successful. I was making over 50K a month and yeah. it was taking off. Yeah. And I got to a point where keto became so popular yeah. that it started seeing a decline in the business. And I thought, okay, I don't want to be the face of keto forever. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go and coach people on how to build their own health, fitness, nutrition, life coaching business. Mm-hmm. So that's what I transitioned to. And I've been doing that for probably three to four years now. Yeah. So I don't actually help people in keto anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there has been so many people 
that followed me on Instagram because I was keto. And they were complete diehard supporters that I solely, absolutely am so grateful for. But then I was getting so questioned. What are you doing? Did you did you seriously just quit this? I can't believe I thought you're different. Blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, the list went on and on and on. And I just got to a point where I said, like, I have to focus on my life and I cannot worry about, and, and these weren't even people who bought my stuff. They were just followers. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I made a transition, you know, as, as I became more, I was so focused on like what was literally going into my mouth at that time, which was the definition of health for me to then now focusing on the bigger picture of it. How do you mentally feel? How do you physically feel? How did you sleep? Are, do you have friends? Are you happy? Are you at peace? Right. Those type of things was the broader definition of health, which is why I kind of broad, I broadened that out. And I, you know, um, I, I've, I now have amazing friends. I live downtown. I built a seven figure business in this. Um, you know, I could not be more grateful. I mean, there's no cancer, there's no tumor. It's been seven years. There's no reoccurrence. Um, so yeah, it was a hard transition to kind of let go of that, but it's just stages of life, you know, and I feel that the tumor has been gone. I mean, a very long time, the chances of having a seven year window. I mean, dude, they say it's literally one in a million to get to this point. And they say the longer it goes by, the more time that goes by and nothing's there the least likely it's going to come back. And so there's a guy that I really look up to. Um, his name is uh, uh, Greg Cantwell. He had a worse tumor than I did. Okay, a worse one. Doctors gave him maybe two to three months. And he went all in with keto for two years. And to this day, he's like 27 years out. And there's still nothing is there. And to be frank with you, he doesn't eat that healthy. He drinks alcohol, he eats burgers and pizza. Yeah. And nothing is there. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to go do that. Yeah. All I'm saying is I did extreme keto and I've done a five-day fast. I've done a three-day, a two-day. I've done one day. I did it for a whole year, basically, where I ate one meal a day f for a whole year. I saw some of that footage on your YouTube. Yeah. Um, well, before before the thought leaves me, I, I, I speak for a lot of people. I'm very glad that you're still here with us and experiencing life <laughs> with us. So I'm happy that the one Thank in you. a million happened. <laughs> Logan, what lingering effects do you experience today from that time period of your life? It might not be physical, it might be mental. Um, I'm assuming you're probably not super quick to trust people given some of the things that have happened with the girlfriend situation, the doctors, the business partner. What lingering effects do you have? You've been through a lot. You've lived more in your 27 years than like most people die yeah, um, yeah. at an, an old age actually have experience. So I would love to hear what's the lingering. Yeah. I mean, I think there, you know, I've been through a lot of positive treatment on this and I think it's, I think it's gone, but state of worry mm -hmm. has always kind of been, and that can have its benefits. Worried that it comes back? Worried that someone fucks you over? Not that, just, just kind of like, you know, because of all the physical trauma that I've been through, yeah. I mean, I've been through such, I mean, I've broken my neck. Okay. I've been to the hospital more than 10 times through bloody, gory incidents and I've had brain surgery. You're in the hospital with friends. Dude, I, I literally- you love the healthcare system. Dude, I'm not like, it's, they're like this guy again. <laughs> he got a subscription. He got dude. a membership. And, and these bro. aren't just broken fingers. I mean, you can see the stitch, stitches right here. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, there's a lot of things. And so those are very, th th those have been traumatic moments. They aren't, oh, I feel sick. And it's been like this for two days. Let me go see it. It's been, this guy has to go to the hospital right now. 
And so bleeding out of his eyeball. Literally, that's uh, dude. I mean, there's, there's a photo. I was in a basketball game. It was such a horrific injury, and there was so much blood. They had to end the game. They said we they, we have to end the game. Ambulance is here, guys. Everyone go home. And the eye was swollen shut for, I mean, over a month. I had no eye basically. It was so bad. <laughs> so it's just things like that. Yeah. That's where when I say like trauma and worry, you know, I've just been through so much that I used to be, I don't believe I am now, but I used to be in this state of like, what's like something's going to happen, you know, you know, so like not, not wanting it to, but just kind of being ready for something to happen. That's and I was, anxious. yeah, and it was, I was, I mean, it was, it was an anxious and a state of worry. Um, but now I've become, I'm very, I, I believe I'm pretty Zen. Yeah. You're pretty chill. chill. You got a real chill <laughs> so, aura about you. Yeah, That's yeah. what attracted me to you when I met you with Enrico. Cause you know, typically <clears throat> men our age don't really have that. No, like, no. You've got a real calm, um, totally. Zen about you for sure. Yeah. That's absolutely fascinating that you've been through so much physical trauma. Um, there's so much that it seems has, has gone on for you. What do you believe? Ballpark hypothesis. It's not like you're a brain expert. Mm -hmm. It's you're you're not a neuro oncologist. But what do you think causes? Because it's not genetic. <laughs> it's not genetic at all. Um, and that's the thing is, I go to these neuro oncologists. Okay, most difficult job in the world. And I said, Hey, doc. Like, I'm not saying give me a definitive yes or no answer. Okay, you can give me a gray area answer. I just want a 2%. I, just curious is all I'm asking. What do you think could have caused this? They said, honestly, I, I, we have no idea. I said, you don't think it's genetics? I don't think so. You don't think it's like, I don't know, head injuries? I don't think so. Every answer is, I don't think so. Now, let me do some math for you. I've done my own research of my own tumor to yeah. figure out what is the cause of this? Yeah. That event that I told you yeah. in that basketball game, mm -hmm. from the moment that they removed the tumor <clears throat> to the moment that that injury happened was a six-year time window. Okay. When I got diagnosed, they said this tumor is six years old. It's been in your head for six years. And I was like, I'm sorry, it's been in my head for six years? They said, yeah, this is why you've had headaches every single day for six years. And I actually had that. So when I was a kid, ever from, ever since I was in middle school, all the way through college, the moment that that happened, I had severe headaches every single day. Wow. And I didn't know why, why I, ha I just thought headaches were headaches. I was like, you know what, suck it up, have some Advil and you're good. Um, but yeah, and I think, so with, with, with the injury, yeah, you know, they do say tumors can happen through severe injuries, right? So that injury happened. As the years went by, I went through a phase when I was told that I was not big enough or I was not, I was, I was like a sophomore and I was on varsity on the basketball team, Okay, but I was told I need more size. Yeah. Dude, I got massive. I got to 200 pounds yeah. and I was eating a fat load of food. Okay. Now it's good to do if you want to gain size, but I went, I, I gained size. Dirty bulk. <laughs> and, and it was like, I was eating chicken, rice and beans every day. Yeah. So I can't say I was dirty bulking, okay. but then I would have massive burritos and I have, I just had a ton of sugar. Okay. And I'm not saying that's, a, that's, oh, you should never do that, right? I have smoothies now. But what I'm saying is because of that injury had happened and there was a tumor that was slowly being built, 
all of the sugar and all of the inflammation just started adding to it and it grew it and grew it and grew it. Now with that EMF, right? It's the number one cause of brain cancer. In today's world, we got AirPods. If you go do a test on the radiation level of AirPods, it'll blow your mind. Anything above a 0.5 on the scale is destroying brain cells. Yeah. AirPods are 4.5. Yeah. So again, I don't wear them anymore. I'm not saying be an extremist and that's not what I am. I'm just saying, look out. I want to look out for you. So nothing bad happens to you like it did for me. So that was another thing too, is I would do phone calls to my head every single day, just like this. Uh, yeah. Um, what about like, um, like those <clears throat> headphones? That's what I wear. I, I, I don't think anything too bad's happening with those, are they? I mean, if it's wireless, yeah. I would, I would probably not. Really? Okay. I, I use old school corded. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. And then like, as, as time went by, you know, I had that, I've had, you know, stitches here. So I got smashed into the head again. And there's another one underneath my eyebrow here. I got smashed in the head again. And then there was one on my nose and then, you know, it just got worse and worse and worse. And you can see the tumor was right here. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And I always did phone calls here Yeah. and all the injuries happened here. So, so I quickly searched how does a tumor begin? I understand it's like a division of cells that compiles on top of one another. And this says, um, a possible, I, I find this interesting for your case. Um, a possible cause could be a random error during cell division. So it's like, mm. you know what that goes to? Where my mind goes? You were playing basketball. You're uh, 13, I think it would have been, or at the time, something like that. Yeah. 12, 13, 14. 14. 15, yeah. You're changing so fast. There's so much going on. What if there was just that catastrophic event where cell division is happening? You get this whatever happened to your eye, you're on the phone, you're doing, and all of these things just kind of circumvented in this perfect little storm. It's one in a million odds that your tumor was egg-shaped. It's one in a million odds that you're still even here today, um, seven years after. Why couldn't that be a one in a million situation, you know? It it, it could have happened. Just, you know. I mean, well, that's why I call the book Thank You Cancer, you know? That's why, like, I I don't regret anything. I don't wish anything could go back and change. I'm grateful for all of it. You know, and if it didn't happen, like I said, I don't think I'd have what I have in my life. I wouldn't have met the people I've met. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You know, and, and down the road, you know, people are like, well, what do you want to do one day? Well, my goal one day is to make so much money that I could retire, but then turn all that time to bringing the world together of pharmaceutical mm-hmm. and the health world to finding the cure to brain cancer, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, I'm not the science guru, mm-hmm. but I can have the money mm-hmm. and I can have the voice mm-hmm. being the brain cancer survivor. So I think about that, you know, here's what I could help, you know, here's how I could do it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we live right next to Elon. Yeah. I <clears> think <throat> about exactly what you're saying. Um, if I had that ability, in terms of financial. And th- th- this isn't me saying this is what Elon should do with his, but we all have, he sure. wants to do these unbelievable things that are going to push humanity, you know, much yeah, totally. further as a civilization. What I would do is rather similar to you. Okay. I have more money than this fucking country's <laughs> worth. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bridge this gap between yeah. healthcare, um, 
a holistic, a more holistic approach and educated approach to how we diagnose and treat everything. I just posted on Instagram the other day, 337 million prescriptions for antidepressants in 2021. I, that. I say it's, 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 it gives me chills, even though I'm, that was three days ago and I'm, I'm saying it still, it pisses me off down my spine. So are you fucking kid? That's disgusting to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, I would, destroy this if if i had that if i had that level i literally look at his place sometime and i just think you know what if if i ever get to that point i know that that's what i would do as well 100%. so let's get super fucking rich let's yeah. become let's become worth how much is he even fucking worth like half a trillion i have no uh, idea like quarter something of a trillion dollars yeah Let's become worth a quarter of a trillion dollars and we'll just fucking do this shit together. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's crazy. We need more education. We need more things like this. We need more mindsets, Logan, that are identical to yours in terms of people get the diagnosis. You, you might be 60, you might be 40, you might be 30, you might be 15, which I just think is so fucking heartbreaking. But the reality is 15-year-olds get cancer. Yeah. Me, they all have... Keep going, keep going. They I, all have the good and the bad angel. Yeah. We need more people choosing the good. We need more people to be educated and aware that the good angel is loud and that it can sing a, a, a praise, even though this one is the path of least resistance and you can just buckle down and you can cast it in and you you can die. You could have much easy, easier been dead than you could you know, really be here. Um, we need your voice and, and you know, what you're doing, I think is absolutely phenomenal. You having the book that says, thank you, cancer, just completely shifts the mentality of the way that people can be thinking. So the more and more people um, that, that, you know, go and buy this book, if you're watching on YouTube, I have it pulled up here. We'll also have it linked in the show notes below. Um, I know you had a comment you wanted to add, and then I have a final question for you. Yeah, so, yeah. so go ahead. So it's a quick story. It's yeah. related to back what you had just said about believing and going after it. Yeah. Recently, okay, less than a year, I get a call from my ex's dad. The guy who was at my surgery, he was there when I had a seizure. I get a call and he said, Logan, my head hurts really bad. I just got out of the hospital. They think I have a tumor. What do I do? And it's at like 11 o'clock at night. His wife calls, Logan, he's, he's losing his mind. Uh, we're going to go into surgery. You know, I appreciate your support, but like, you know, we just, we don't know what to do. And so I said, okay, all right. So he goes and has surgery. Okay. Now hear me out. This, this man again was there. He was the first person I saw when I woke up from the seizure. Okay. He was one of the last persons I saw before going into the, yep. to the surgery. All right. I get a call. The surgery's done. Went great. And his wife called and said, Hey, if you want to come visit him, you can come say hello. I said, okay, absolutely. So I go in, I go to the hospital, the door opens and I see my ex and she's sitting right where she was sitting for when I was the one there. And the same people are in the room whenever I was finished with surgery Yeah. and the seats open where he was sitting when I was on the stretcher. Okay, this is all within maybe, I think, six months ago. No, it's probably about nine months ago. And we're sitting there, and we're just kind of talking about what happened after my surgery, all right? And in my mind, I'm just thinking, okay, here's how I could help him. Uh, you know, he can do keto, yada, yada, yada. 
And they said, Logan, this tumor was in the same spot that yours was. I said, okay, let's, let, let's figure this out. So I leave, I get a text from this ex and she said, do not go around telling him what to do and influencing him about the ketogenic diet. Let him do what he wants to do. And this is not your choice, let alone, I never even said, yeah, of course, let me brainwash him to do keto. I never said that. Okay. So that's the text I receive. And I said, Hey, I can connect you guys with, you know, an amazing neuro-oncologist and, you know, somebody who's better. Do you guys want that? No, it's fine in the way it is. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, why do they not want this opportunity? Like, why do they not want to see what's possible? And over my seven-year window, I've gotten so many messages on Instagram about what do we do about this? What do we do about this? I got to tell my dad, got to tell my mom, I want to help them. And either... <clears throat> 99% of the time, there's one side saying, just let it go. Just let it do its thing, right? It's very rarely is it, yeah, you know what? I, I, I want to do something and I want to support you doing something. So let's, you know, team up. Very rarely does that happen. Crazy enough, probably about 30 days later, he dies. Wow. And he just died of the same tumor that I had. Wow. That was it. I go to his funeral. I'm there with his his daughter, my ex, the mom, his, his parents who were there for my surgery and everything, they're all there. And we're at this funeral and I'm just thinking, this is insane. Well, yeah, I'm thinking that for sure. Yeah. This was almost me. And I'm very grateful that, you know, mine was fully removed. His wasn't, but what I'm thinking is I could have helped him, but they didn't, I'm not saying it's all their fault. I'm not saying, you know, they're bad. Like, I just don't understand. Did they think it was too overwhelming? Was something not adding up? And so I'm confused. Now, to go back off of one part of the story for when I was diagnosed, okay, this is all going to come back to help and answer, right? <clears throat> After I saw the neuro-oncologist that diagnosed my tumor, we go see a new, a new one. And this new neuro-oncologist, I said, doctor, I need, I need something. If you tell me to drink tea all day, I'll drink tea every day till the day I die. I don't care. I need something. He said, hey, look, look. There are some things that I believe can help this, okay? We can start doing low-carb diet. He didn't call it keto because I don't think he wanted to go into any legal yeah, yeah. saying, oh, do keto, and then, you know, that's a lawsuit, right? So he said low-carb. He said cut out sugar. He said, I want you taking turmeric all the time. There's been a lot of research on turmeric and how it can really uh, prevent tumor regrowth and inflammation and all these things. I said, okay, this is amazing. Dude, thank you so much. I felt so excited. So I was like, what do you eat on low carb? What does that look like? How do we do this? I'm not kidding you. Again, whether it's cons conspiracy theory or what, the next day he died. That neuro-oncologist died. And I was absolutely in shock. And I said, well, how did he die? And apparently, whether it's true or not, apparently he fell, fell off a ladder and cracked his skull open. What? Now, I don't know if that's true, yeah, yeah. but the, the doctors who said, oh yeah, he, sorry, he passed away. They were just literally saying, we, we can't talk about this. Sorry, like we just can't bring this up. And that was it. And he was the only neuro-oncologist that literally gave me hope of what was possible at that time. Now, maybe it's changed because, you know, they all know keto. I don't know. But that was the one doctor that gave me hope. And then again, so what I'm saying is like these two stories mm -hmm. come back into a hidden, unique 
way of solving the problem. That's intense. I don't know. That's I don't know intense. what to say. So that's what part of my drive is to like you know wh whether whether I get assassinated or something by trying to help of the keto. Like I don't know. <laughs> like that's fine if I get assassinated. I'm just trying to help. And, I posted you know? <laughs> the three thirty seven the other day and I was looking <laughs> yeah. over my shoulder. Like, yeah. Uh -oh, so who's coming? <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. But uh, it's just crazy. So well, you're an extremely curious person, which is obviously something that's allowed you to become an expert in the exact things that uh, help you beat brain cancer. What's your current area of obsessive curiosity? What's what's coming next from you, dude? I I I think humans are so interesting. Yeah, that's why I'm building my channel. Yeah, you know, one day, one life. Yeah, um, talk so showing, about that. Tell us about that. Yeah, so basically, it's it's my mission. You know, I've seen the world. I think at a very, a very third person point of view. Um, I've talked to an astronaut about this who I shot a video with, and she said, you know, there's been. She said, I believe there's certain genes that were activated in astronauts' brains that are not activated in other in all humanity, because humans have not seen Earth from a third-person point of view. They've seen it through screens, but in reality, they've not seen it in that way. So their genes are changing. And I think my experience has done that as well, where I see all humans of billionaires and homeless in this religion and that religion and this story and that story and perfect life, horrible life, every single thing that you could think of, I've seen, I've, I've been through, and I've, I know of but they all have something in common and, you know, talking to the brain surgeon, talking to the homeless, they're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And when people can look at that, that understanding of like, yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out and they can see that that's what can allow them to adapt to so many different environments. And I think it's the one way, the one angle to bring the world together in one way or another. Um, and so that's why I'm building the channel. You know, I've shot, I mean, I don't know when this is posted, but yeah. uh, you know, I've shot the day in the life of a brain surgeon astronaut, pro poker player, NFL player, ex-murder convict, and then more to come. So, yeah. yeah. If you had the opportunity to go to space, would you? 100%. Okay. 100%. I mean, I, so I'm talking to NASA right now about yeah. a day- You told me that. At NASA. Yeah. So I know the lady who has like the say-so and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, Tell them I'm your bodyguard. I got to go to <laughs> I know. <laughs> Give me I in know. there. <laughs> Whether they take me to space or I just go into the suit, I don't know. But Can we I, go I, record a podcast in space? Dude, that would be insane. Why not? It's possible. Why I, I would go to space easily. I would go to space. I think I would. Yeah. I mean, eventually it's going to turn into a vacation thing. It will. It will. Logan Steed, Grow or Die Podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. I really appreciate awesome. it. That was phenomenal. Um Find your book in the show notes. Find his Instagram in the show notes. Make sure to show out on YouTube and support him. Tag us both when you share this podcast. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Yeah, Cheers. see you soon. Peace.